I just want to say a bit of a thank you, really, for you as my church family, for your prayers over the last few weeks. Um, as a lot of you will know, Rosie and I both had COVID, and I was away for a week while she had it. And we really appreciate your prayers, messages. So thank you for that. We're all better, and it's all good. It's all good. So this morning, um, I want to welcome you in-house, but I also want to welcome you online if you're listening online. And really feel that as this message is brought to you, you can take something afresh from the scripture and apply it to your life and, and dwell in it. So my title this morning is Living in Freedom. Well, freedom is a kind of a funny word at the moment, especially with the, with the pandemic and restrictions and different things. And freedom as we know it might be a physical thing, a fleshly thing. But I want to talk to you about freedom in a whole new world, in a whole new realm. Maybe not as we know it as Christians. I'm going to read to you this morning from Galatians. The book of Galatians is written by Paul to the churches in Galatia. And it is kind of a letter initially of frustration. The early church was, was born in the freedom of the spirit, in the freedom of Christ and the gift that he was. But as time went on, they kind of slipped back into their legalistic ways. Kind of being put back on the Christians, onto the Gentiles, saying, actually, if you're not doing it the way it used to be done, you're not really a Christian. You're not really fulfilling it. So this is Paul's letter to them. And we're going to jump in in chapter 5, verse 13. It says this. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will destroy, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will be, not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the flesh desires what is contra- contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh, for they are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not un- Verse 19, this is, I like the way Paul kind of spells things out for them as if it wasn't obvious. He kind of makes it quite clear. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft. And maybe some of us can think, yeah, that's pretty obvious. But then he also brings it down to us and maybe more of the flesh. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, Decessions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's pretty strong. That's pretty strong. He's almost going from the grace and love thing to saying, look, if you don't do it, you will miss out on all that is promised. And again, Paul brings stuff right back to basics. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, you probably will sing it with me, I won't sing it, is love, joy, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong in Christ Jesus have has crucified the flesh and its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoked and envying each other. So this morning I want to look at three questions. One is, what are we free from? It's all very well us talking about freedom, but what is it we're actually free from? 
Secondly, is how do we become free? And thirdly, what does this freedom or living in freedom look like? So what are we free from? That scripture says very, very clearly we are free from the law. Now, what I'm not saying is the law was bad. If anything, I'm saying the opposite. But what we are free from are the restrictions and the barriers that the law brought in to walking in the spirit and the fact that it wasn't by the law that you were justified. Galatians 5, previously in Galatians 5, it says, you are trying to be justified by the law from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. If you think you can do this by your own doings, you've missed it. For through the spirit, we eagerly await by the faith, sorry, await by faith the righteousness of which we hope. This oneness with God. For in Christ, neither circumcised nor uncircumcised has any value. He's reminding them, he's reminding the previous Jews and they're trying to put their ways on the Gentiles that what was isn't what is. What mattered now doesn't matter. The only thing that counts is faith expressed itself in love, through love. How often do we hear people say, yeah, but I'm a nice person. You know, I'll be in heaven because I'm a nice person. I do good things. I look out for people. That's all very well. I would hope you do. But if you're not in a relationship with God, if you do not have your, have your sins forgiven, if you have not acknowledged who and what he is and what you are in him, then all these acts, yes, they're good. Create you a new creation in Christ as he's promised and as he wants. To be justified is to be declared righteous. Something that I've probably always struggled with and possibly will struggle with a bit is I could accept the fact I was forgiven. I could accept the fact that the things I've done, Jesus took those. But to be righteous, what does that mean to me? What does that mean to you? Do we see ourselves as righteous? Or do we see ourselves as, yes, we're forgiven, but we must keep, we must keep on going? Because if we know our true worth in Christ, and when we know our true worth of Christ, we will see who we are worth and what we are worth. We have been forgiven, and we have been given a place in God's family. So what else are we free from? Romans 8, verse 1 and 2. is a very well-known scripture. It says, Therefore there is no... Now, sorry, there is now no, I mean, there is no punishment for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life, this Spirit in us that gives us life and life in abundance and life eternal, is free from the law of sin. Laws have consequences. Sin as a law has a consequence. That consequence is death. That consequence is separation from Christ. And who wants that? When we know who and what we are in Christ, why would we want to be away from that? So when we acknowledge who and what God is and accept him into our life and as our king of kings and our ruler, you are saying, I am no longer captive to sin. I am no longer in death. I am forgiven. I am a son of God, as Ros prayed at the end of that song. You are sons and daughters of the almighty King of kings, who has taken the punishment of death, who has turned it into life. And we are free from the punishment that 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 law and that sin brings. 
I've kind of covered this already. This is the worst thing about writing notes and then preaching them, because you know what's coming. So you end up saying things that are already said. So how are we free? Paul makes it so clear in his letter to the Ephesians, where it says, Ephesians 2.8, it says, For by grace you have been saved by faith. Nothing you did could ever earn this salvation. Isn't that so, you know, such a relief? Nothing I've done, thankfully. Nothing I can do, nothing I will do, nothing that's possible in me will get me to a place that I need to be. Therefore, that burden, that pressure of being and doing and consuming me of who and what I need to be is taken away. And I give it to Christ in a way that not um, defeats, defeats the object of being good, but it's actually nothing I can do can make me there. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do it through Christ who is there. So things I do are things through him. This grace, this unmerited favor of God. I don't know where you got, where people are at, whether you're in the room or online. But if you're not in a relationship with God, I would really encourage you to come and talk to one of us. This freedom that, that I'm talking about, this freedom that Paul writes about, is for you. It's for you. There's burdens that people carry. And there's burdens that some people still carry. But what I want to do, say to you today is, you do not need to carry them alone. As we come into a relationship with God, we give them to him. We put them at the cross. There may still be some working out. We may still go through some steps to sort things out. But it's not up to you on your own. It's with Christ that makes that possible. And thirdly, what does living in freedom look like? Now, this coming week, we've got you know, some laws changing so we don't have to wear masks if you don't want to. You know, there's no isolation coming up at the end of March. And the laws that equate to freedom aren't really the freedom I'm talking about. Their freedom of the flesh, their freedom you know, of, of things that we're restricted by. What I'm talking about is freedom to know a spiritual walk in Christ. Freedom to know that I am who God wants me to be. I'm a new creation. I'm created in his image for his likeness. We um, can go look back at Galatians 5. It says, um, so what does freedom, uh, living in freedom look like? Serve one another humbly. When we're looking at someone serving themselves humbly, we've only got to look at the example of Christ. This God who flung the stars into space, who created everything, who is the almighty being. I was talking to my boys this week, and they've got all these questions as seven, nine-year-olds have. So who was there first? What does it mean he's bigger and powerful? What does, and I'm like, I don't know. I also don't really care. But he is bigger. He was always there. But what I know is, in his majesty, he humbled himself into a place like me. He came to earth that he created. He walked among people like you and I. But what was special about him was he wasn't human as we know it. He was God and human. So he experienced life like us, but he experienced a spiritual connection with God because he was God that kind of proves that we can too. When we live in relationship with God, when we accept the spirit into our life, we are walking on this earth as vessels of God. That power that's almighty dwells in me, in you. And in that comes the freedom to know him 
and to be like him. The one command, love your neighbour as yourself. Giles and I were talking about this, this, that this week and he was saying it's not just treating your neighbour, being a neighbour to the neighbour. It's looking outside of the box. It's being three-dimensional with your love. Giving, receiving, being this, this, this complete version of who Christ is. And then with the fruits of the Spirit. Yeah, we might look at those, those um, acts of the flesh and think, that doesn't apply to me. I don't do that. I might struggle with that bit. I might do that bit of that. But the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit are basic. Yeah? To love, to have peace. We can all do that. But what it means is that what we can do has got supernatural power. What we are doing in our day-to-day, what we are doing on our Monday, what we're doing on a Tuesday, may seem normal to us, but it is supernatural because we are doing it through the Spirit. With um, Scripture and with the flesh, is we can take things and, and totally take it out of context. And something I want to I emphasize from here and um, as a personal thing, but also as a, as a church, is we, what we are not emphasizing is with our freedom comes this get-out-of-jail-free card. We are not to abuse the freedom the Spirit has given us. Paul wrote this letter out of absolute frustration. I wonder what sort of a letter he'd write to me. Would it be out of absolute frustration? Would it be encouragement? Hopefully it would be encouragement. What letter would he write to Lighthouse? Let's take these things and apply it to our life and make it feasible and, and um, possible for each one of us. 1 Corinthians 6.12 says this. Again, this is Paul. Paul was, Paul was a wise guy. He was a good pastor. He looked after. So it's true that our freedom allows us to do anything. We are not robots. We were put on this earth to have a relationship with God. If he didn't want that two-way relationship, he would have just kept himself as himself. But in creating us, he gave us free will. For us to choose, not because we want to, or not because we have to, but because we can. It's true that our freedom, sorry, 1 Corinthians 6, 12, it's true that our uh, our freedom allows us to do anything, but that doesn't mean that everything we do is good for us. There are rules in this land, laws, that we can say are good, but actually if we lived by them, we wouldn't do ourselves any good. We wouldn't do other people any good. And but it says, but I am free to choose. But I'm free to do as I choose, and I choose to never be enslaved to anything. Don't become a slave to what you are free from. You're free from the law, so don't become a slave to justify your spiritual life. Don't become a slave to sin. Don't become a slave to addiction. Don't become a slave to behaviour. Be free from that. Find your purpose in Christ. Talk to Him. He wants that that rapport with us. He wants that relationship so he can talk to us. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, 
that is crafted in, entwined, joined to him by faith in him as saviour, he is a new creation. Reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings new life. We, um, at the moment, at Theology College, are talking about spiritual formation. And when we think about spiritual formation, about how we are formed spiritually. So we talked about it at BAN this week on Thursday night, about there must be people in our lives, or there are people in our lives, who have shaped us to who we are. Yeah? We've got people, whether they were youth leaders, whether they were church leaders, whether they were parents, grandparents, they've all shaped us to who we are. Some of that's good. Some of that maybe not so. But what's important is that when we are shaped, what we do with that shaping is key. How are we shaping other people? How are we shaping our children? How are we shaping the church? How are we shaping our colleagues at work? Because the sad thing is, if you talk to a lot of people now and you said to them, what is Christianity? They'd probably say, you have to live by certain rules, you have to go to church on Sunday, and you have to read a book every day. Now, when we're talking about freedom, those three things don't sound very freeing, do they? Or maybe it does. Maybe you'll like that. (laughs) It's not free, is it? Us showing about our freedom in God and the Spirit, is it looking free to other people? Or do we look bound with restrictions? If we are a new creation, if if we are born afresh, let's think about how we create new creations in a freeing way. Yeah? And let's not plateau on where we think we are and what we understand as who we are. Are we living a life free in the Spirit? Are we spending time reading his word? As a church, we're doing the Bible in one year. I must admit, I'm three or four days behind. Forgive me. But, um, but it's really good to read and digest and, and look at the Scripture. And the, the blog that goes with it is great. It's very yeah, entertaining with the little bits at the end. Um, but read the word. Spend time in worship. Spend time in the songs. We sing a lot of There are so many songs out there. If this isn't your style, find a style that is. Don't restrict your worship by what we do here. Spend time with him. Serve and love as instructed with those spirits, those gifts of the spirit, fruits of the spirit. Live them out. And as we mature in faith, we will grow spiritually. We'll find out things that we never even considered. We'd read the word and go, wow, you're revealing something afresh to me today that I'd never even considered. I'm sure I'll look back in years to come and say, oh my goodness, did I really preach that? (laughs) But take your relationship with God to a new level, to a new depth that is free, that is entwined, that is engaged, and let it reveal itself to you. And fellowship with one another. Joe always says, iron sharpens iron. There is a reason for that scripture. When you are together with people who are like-minded, when you are t- who will pray with you, you will grow sharper. You will grow stronger. I'd um, 
like to invite, invite the band back up. And this is, yeah, this is me. I'm up here. Um, unfortunately, Sam Coughlin's poorly today, so we'd normally have nice keys playing now as we come back. So Sammy Dee's going to come press a button and the noise is going to come on. It's going to be all very emotional. <laughs> Sorry, going back. Um, but I want to leave you with one thing. And this, if you only take one thing away from today, I want it to be this. That when you live a life dependent on the Spirit of God and in the Spirit of God, you become more like Christ. If you live a life trying to justify yourself and trying to make sure that your good deeds are seen and heard and that makes you right, you've missed the point. This is 17 and 18 says this. Now the Lord I'm referring to is the Holy Spirit, the three in one, the Spirit of, the God, of God. Wherever the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen? Good stuff? We can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces. And with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. And this is the bit I like. We are being transfigured. We are being shaped, remolded, retransfigured into his very image. As we move from one brighter level of glory to another, and this glory transfiguration comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. In Exodus, it talks about Moses um, having the radia- ra- uh, radiating God's glory from his face with the, old, with the, oh, um, with the Ten Commandments, with the Old Covenant. That, that glory was seen on his face. What this is talking about is not just a visual thing. thing. We will put, want people to see the glory, yes, but our looks will fade. This won't. This will go stronger and stronger and stronger as we are in relationship with God. I want us to pray as we finish. I'd like you all to stand. And as we pray, I want you to consider three things. I want you to consider maybe things that you want to be free from that you don't feel free from now. I want you to acknowledge who has made you free from these things. Christ coming to this earth, God coming to this earth and dying for you, dying for me to take away the sin 2,000 plus years ago means your sins have already been paid for. Nothing you're going to do now is going to take away your sin. What's important is that we've forgiven us, that we acknowledge that we are righteous, and that we live a life glorifying him through the Spirit. And that's the third part. What does that look like for you? It might be really obvious. You might be thinking, yeah, I know exactly what that looks like to me. I don't know exactly what needs to, what needs to change in my life, what I need to allow God into in my life. But that's between you and him. Father God, I want to thank you for this morning, Lord. I want to thank you for your word. That it is inspired by you, it is spoken by you. And as we read it and digest it and study it, you will reveal something afresh to us. 
Lord, I want to thank you for this freedom. This gift that we don't deserve, that we can't earn, that has been given from you to us. Individually. In abundance. There is no limitations to a God who... Because if we think we've reached the end of it, you'll just create more. And Lord, as we think about today, things in our lives that we want freedom from, Lord, I want to thank you that we can have a personal relationship with you. We can communicate with you intimately. It says there are things that are are not hidden. God knows, but what he wants is for you to acknowledge who and what he is so that we can be and dwell in him. That we are reliant on him. That we will lay these things down at his feet. And he will take away the burden. He will take away the shame. He will take away the punishment. Because he has paid the price. And as we become in his likeness, not only will we mirror him, but we will be transformed into you. Father God, as we are transformed, Lord, I pray for a humbling in our hearts, Lord. I pray for an awareness in your spirit. And Lord, I pray, bless it together as we spend time together, Lord, that we would, as Giles spoke last week, that we would um, form this resilience, Lord, this strength, Lord, that is dependent on you, but is also shaped by you. And Lord, as we go and as we do the things that you would call us to do, Lord, I pray that we would be reliant on you as our Heavenly Father, as our provider. And Lord, if there are people here this morning, Lord, if there are people online listening today or in the week or in the months and years to come, Lord, and they don't know you as their Saviour, Lord, I want to thank you that it's free. It's an acknowledgement of who you are and a belief that we are made afresh and anew in you. Father God, I thank you that we can do that daily, that we can remember that we are forgiven, that we are made righteous, that we are justified, and we are made whole with you. And Lord, as we find you afresh maybe today, may our hearts be soft, and may your spirit be at work in us. Amen. Freedom in him.